Welcome everyone to our weekly discussion podcast. I'm Pastor Kyle. And I am Pastor Holly. I'm Pastor Holly. Hey. How are you? Good to be uh, back in the podcast studio. It is. It's good to be in the podcast studio. For those of you who are listening, uh, it's been a while uh, for Pastor Holly and I uh, to be here. I think uh, if, if you listen regularly, you, you noticed a bit of a gap in there uh, yeah. in terms of our discussion podcast. The last one I think you heard was with Tanya, our... our uh, our food bank director, uh, a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. And so I have been away on a trip uh, with our bishop to Malawi, Africa. And so I'm back now and uh, we're, yeah, we're back to kind of a, what, somewhat normal routine, I, I mean, think. as much as we ever have, right? But <laughs> how's your um, jet lag going? Yeah, jet lag has actually been pretty, pretty good. I yeah. mean, I, well, by pretty good, I'm, I mean, not too bad. Uh, I, this is, I think, day four back from the trip, uh, the fourth full day. And I do feel a little bit of the, like the heaviness of jet lag, Yeah, but it's not too bad and it's getting better every day. But listener, you may know (laughs) (laughs) Pastor Kyle doesn't sleep anyway. (laughs) Yeah, I know. So like I normally, typically I'll get up about four o'clock, four 15 and, and do my workouts for the day. And, uh, you know, I don't know if you've, I know you've done some international travel, but if you're listening and, and if you, if you happen to do any international travel, when you come back, and even if specifically if you're on the West Coast, yeah, you typically wake up in the middle of the night around three or four. Right. Uh, and you do that for several days uh, or several nights before it kind of gets more regular. Yeah. Uh, well, I just get up at four anyway, so I just, it's kind of <laughs> like normal for me. So even, even like my first couple of nights back, I... I only woke up a couple of times in the middle of the night and then I just got up before anyway. So I, it felt pretty normal. That's (laughs) ridiculous. (laughs) I wondered, you've shared before how it was an international trip that helped you get into the habit of getting up at four in the morning. So I wondered what another international trip would do. Like there just aren't that many hours left in the night for you to, (laughs) for you to play with. (laughs) So good. I'm glad, I'm glad you're kind of back to your, to your routine. Yes. I'm back to my routine, which was nice, which was good. And uh, yeah, just a little bit of fatigue, but I'm feeling okay. Uh, so it was it was an amazing trip. I hope to tell good stories and show pictures here at Crossview. And, yeah. Um, I got to try to fi- we have to kind of try to figure out the when is best to do that and how is best to do that. Yeah. But uh, wow, uh, maybe we could do a podcast specifically on on the relationships and things that I saw down there. Yes. Uh, from our Malawian Free Methodist family. That would be so cool. No pictures on the podcast, yeah, sorry, no but pictures. it'd be cool to hear the stories. Yeah, we have some pretty significant and incredible leaders down there doing some incredible stuff in churches, and yeah. in some cases in some very difficult situations. So yeah. uh, I was just privileged to go and travel with our bishop and meet those uh, pastors and leaders, and uh, it really inspires me here uh, uh, for ministry at Crossview and in Snohomish and it's fun to have that connection with our family around the world. Yes. So cool. I love the the perspectives of, uh, yes, just from different places. Yeah. Cultures and experiences. Yes, so yes, glad yes, to yes. hear those. Well, uh, so Pastor Holly, this Sunday, this past Sunday, uh, we yesterday, we yeah. started a new uh, sermon series. Yes. On King David. Yeah. And so we're just calling the sermon series King David. I, like I know. It. It's super creative. It's it? good. No, no. <laughs> it's, we, see, it's like... Should have, we should have come up with something after I got back because maybe jet lag like breeds creativity. <laughs> no, nope. 
<laughs> it's clarity. That's a value King, here, right? Clarity, we're yes. have some clarity in our sermon series King titles. King David. King David. <laughs> yes. It's a great uh, title for a sermon series here at Crossview because I think something like 40% of the guys who come to Crossview are named David. <laughs> are named David, yes. They're like, oh, is that about me? Right. Am I king? Yes. <laughs> There's a lot. A lot of you, lot Davids, of Davids and Daves. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, we should just print out pictures of all of our Davids and put them around the sanctuary. There you go. Yeah, or up on the stage. Like a pin, like a pin the crown on the David kind of thing. <laughs> Which David do you like best this week? <laughs> Who's King David this Put a Sunday? crown on him. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> wow. None of our Davids are going to come to church no, this they're all, No, <laughs> for this whole series, they're out. They're gone. Oh, my goodness. Well, uh, so we started a new series. And, uh, you know, it's it was fu- it's fun because we're kind of, this is kind of an introductory uh, uh, beginning here. We talk a little bit, uh, talked a little bit about who David is, and we really focused on a actually fairly well-known story in the life of David. But yes. one of the things this whole series we're doing is we're taking a look at uh, different moments in David's life and and looking at how he related to others and God and seeing what we can learn about faith in those contexts. Yeah. Uh, I think David and his life has a lot to teach us. Absolutely. Yeah, and it's so important to the uh to the, the culture of the the and history of the Jewish people. I mean, yeah. from the time of his existence even right through present day, right? That's yeah. very he's a very important character. Very important character. And uh yeah, it's he's what, what another thing I really like about David, Pastor Holly, is that he is a flawed character yes. as well. So I don't know about you, but I think sometimes I've encountered people who typically uh, idolize or uh, deify biblical characters, yeah. not not deify to the extent that we deify Jesus, like Jesus is actually God, right? Uh, but that we have this really like overly. Uh, rosy picture of the of the human figures in the Bible. Yeah, we think of them as like biblical heroes, superheroes, yeah. right? And King well, David, yeah. along with many many other people in the Bible, as you said, very flawed. It's so much so that I think some of the stories that we read in the Bible about David can be really difficult for people to read if they have been given the perspective that David is this. Uh, perfect person. Right. Because the stories say that he's not. Right. And, you know, I think it's kind of a fun, we hadn't planned on talking about this kind of, but it's really (laughs) kind of fun. I I actually think, you know, I typically would consider some of these biblical um, figures, not necessarily heroes in terms of like a person, Mm -hmm. maybe hero of the faith. Yeah. uh, In the sense of that, no matter what it is that they faced or the hardships or some of their flaws, they still exemplified a faith that we can learn from and aspire to. Yeah. And I think we see, we certainly see some of that in the life of David, but I think it is important to recognize that he's human and, uh, and made some really terrible decisions really, along yes, the way. <laughs> for sure, for sure. Abused his power and uh, so yeah, forth. Yeah. There could be a whole message series and podcast series on what it means to be a hero of the faith yeah. uh, in that because it does not mean yeah. that they that these are people necessarily to be followed as moral examples, but to be a, a hero of the faith, meaning somebody who continues to rely on God throughout their lives no matter what. Yeah. 
Is that not what it is to have faith? Right. And the whole story of the Bible and all the characters in the Bible, uh, the point is not necessarily to focus on who they are as people, but who God is as God and the way that God chooses to interact with humanity. Right. And what God does in spite of the human flaws. Like yeah. that's the point of the story of scripture, right? Yes. Is to keep focused on the right thing. Right. Which is the story of God and his actions throughout all of history to this very day today. Yes. So I just want to, I think it's important for us to remember as we look at David and other biblical characters. Yeah. 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 Not to, not to throw out what we're reading because these characters are flawed, but what do their stories tell us about God? Actually, we, I hope that when you, when you do understand and realize that some of these characters are flawed, that, that that's a bit of an encouragement to us in the sense of that we are flawed as well. And that you don't have to be perfect to have uh, an ongoing interactive dynamic relationship with God. Yeah. You can be like these people in the Bible, flawed and make mistakes, and God still cares and still takes action and still wants to have a relationship. Yes. So that's huge. That is. Yeah. yeah. So David, let's yeah. talk briefly, <laughs> David, and uh, uh, this is fun. It's a good conversation. So obviously, David is um, a, a seminal uh, figure in Scripture, one of the most important Old Testament characters that you'll come across uh, we know that uh, the series is called King David. David eventually becomes king. Yeah, that's a little bit of a spoiler. In yeah, the title. A little, yeah, yeah, a little bit of a spoiler. Um, his road to becoming king is a story in and of itself. What happens while he's king and after he's king? Obviously, like uh, you know, he his his sons uh, become a king as well, mm-hmm. and. So even when he's not the king, there's still a whole bunch of focus on him right. <laughs> because uh, of his uh, th- his lineage uh, in the story and all that happens there. And eventually, uh, the the person of Jesus comes through the family line of David. Yeah. So that's one of the major connections between the Old Testament, obviously in the New Testament, the story of God through the the story of this of the family of David. Yeah. Pretty significant. Uh, David was, we, you find uh, most of the story of David, uh, uh, mostly in Second Samuel and First uh, Chronicles. His earlier years are more in First Samuel, uh, beginning in chapter 16, and you read more about his reign as king in the second half of First Chronicles. Uh, but there's more, too. And then there's the Psalms, obviously. Yeah. A whole bunch of the Psalms are ascribed to David as their author. Yes. Uh, so you find David all He's over the place. He's all over the place. Yeah. There's even like a prehistory of David right in the yes. book of Ruth. Yes. So all over the place. All over the place. Yep. Uh, so he's very important. Uh, he was the youngest son of uh, the in the family of Jesse. Uh, Jesse was, th- that family was part of the tribe of Judah, one of the 12 tribes uh, in the nation of Israel. They lived in Bethlehem. And so there's like all these kind of cool, yeah. cool connections. Uh, he was a shepherd and a pretty... Uh, aggressive shepherd yeah. <laughs> uh, in the sense that we read about him, you know, uh, running after lions and bears uh, yeah. and killing them to protect the sheep. Right. Right. And when we hear of David as a shepherd, he was a very young man yes. uh, at that time. So I'm imagining we were kind of laughing about this beforehand. I'm kind of imagining this, you know, very 
confident uh, young man, maybe teenage boy. <laughs> yes, totally. Uh, who's going to a, be an aggressive shepherd. Yes. Right? That's, which isn't even a, a word you normally know, associate with, with shepherd. shepherds. Yeah. But, uh, but he is. He's going to throw his full energy yeah. and, and uh, protectiveness into that job. And, uh, <laughs> and we see that uh, in the story today, too. Yes, absolutely. He, he was also a musician, an yeah. accomplished musician, so much so that uh, when he was still young, before he became king, he was hired as a... Uh, to play the harp in King Saul's court, yeah. right? To calm King Saul down, which is completely ironic uh, later on because right. one of the things that upsets King Saul so much is the anointing David has on him to become the next king. Yeah. And yet Saul hires David to calm him down by playing the harp. <laughs> <laughs> Saul was just a big mess. In yeah. That. He, he, he gets his own story. Yeah, 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 <laughs> totally. So today... Uh, we are talking more about this story of the of the the confrontation between David and Goliath. Yeah, it's probably one of the, or if not the most well known story in the life of David in Scripture. Absolutely, maybe maybe the whole Old Testament. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty famous. It's yeah. super famous. Yeah. And you and, hear it in March Madness every year, yeah. right? It's the David and Goliath story. That's right. Like we know what that means. Yeah. yeah. It's it's a it's become a cultural reference yeah. that doesn't offend people even in its original religious context. Right. Yeah. yeah. So uh, it's very well adapted to our cultural use. Uh, and I love this story. It's super fascinating. Uh, there's a lot of things that that uh, we we could talk about with this, um, but just kind of as a summary here, King Saul and the uh, the Israelites. Uh, we're defending their land against this army uh, of Philistines, yeah. uh, a different people group in that time. And uh, they come to this valley, the Valley of Elam, and uh, they're about to face off in battle here. And But they don't. The armies don't fight. Uh, what ends up happening is this guy named Goliath yeah. walks up and starts teasing, taunting the army of the Israelites and King Saul. The thing that makes this super famous is that Goliath is a giant. Yeah. Big dude. Yeah. Yeah. If you think about nine feet tall, uh, uh, an experienced soldier having been in lots of battles, he's massive and still alive. And still alive. <laughs> nine feet tall. Yeah. You, I'm looking at this like he would not be able to stand up in this room we're in right, right now. Right. That's crazy. Crazy. Yeah. That's like Shack and then some. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so what happens here in this story is that uh, uh, Goliath stands at the edge of this valley and he taunts the Israelites. He essentially says, let's not have the armies fight. Let's make a deal. Let's have a one-on-one -on -one combat. I'm the Philistine champion and you send out your own champion. And whoever wins that that army will just win. Right. Right? So here's what Goliath said in, in 1 Samuel 17, verse 8. It says, Goliath stood and shouted a ton across to the Israelites. Why are, why are you all coming out to fight? It's a question he's asking. Yeah. I am the Philistine champion, but you are only servants of Saul. Choose one man to come down here and fight me. And obviously, and so as kind of as the story goes, uh, the the Israelites, like they're not quite sure what to do. Right. The armies don't fight, but the Israelites are kind of just hanging out for a while, trying to figure out what to do. Yeah. And the, one of the fascinating things that happens here is that their king Saul, 
uh, kind of disappears in the story. Yeah. He goes into his tent and he hides. Which is just not cool for kings in that culture. Right. Uh, the people, you know, they're looking to him for a decision. They're looking to him for action. And here's the other thing I learned about King Saul. They're actually looking to him to be their champion. Yeah. For one, because he's the king. Number two, because he's the tallest guy there. Oh, he, on he's their the side. one who should have gone out to fight. Yeah. In yeah. fact, when Saul uh, becomes king, one of the reasons they say is because he's handsome and, t- and a head above everybody else. Right. So there's this, he's got some size, which kind of gives him authority in that culture, but also maybe he's the, he, he's the, the only one that really even physically could compare or have a chance against Goliath. Yeah. And even so there's he, no indication that he was anywhere close to nine feet tall. Right. right? Yeah, but, yeah. but big compared to the people around him. Right. Yeah. So you've got this stalemate with all this fascinating thing, all this fascinating kind of stuff happening. And then what happens, the story says, is this teenage boy, probably about the age of 15, the shepherd boy, son of Jesse, comes rolling up in a cart. <laughs> and he's he's rolling up in a cart. He's just like, got it, just got his learner's permit. Oh. <laughs> he's all excited to drive this cart on his own. Yeah. Right. He pulls up to the to the army because uh, he's got some food that he's brought for his brothers who are in the army. Yeah. <laughs> and like any teenage boy, he's like, oh, what's going on? <laughs> Goes right up to the front lines, right? Right. It's like, what are you I want to see. Yeah. And uh, I hear this story differently as a mom of teenagers than I, <laughs> yes! did, I did when I was younger. <laughs> I'm Like we were laughing earlier just because it was like, I, I'm the same way. I, yeah. I totally hear this differently now because it's like the teenage boy's like, What's going on? I mean, just go fight him. <laughs> just, like, what are you doing? I watched the Marvel movies. I know how to fight. <laughs> you guys, chicken? Yeah. <laughs> it's like totally a teenage thing, right? Yes. <laughs> just, yeah. My son, we were saying earlier, my son would be like, just Thanos snap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Uh, so um, David comes, and one of the things, here's what we're kind of highlighting about the person of David and the spiritual takeaway f- for us from this. I know we've, we've been talking about so many other things. We're, we're almost out of our time already. Oh. <laughs> um, but David kind of looks around, and he's like, what is going on? What's yeah. happening? Why are you not doing something about this? And I love it because David has just a completely different perspective yeah. about who the people are and why they should be taking action. Yes. And I think there's this key. The, the key here is in what Goliath says and then what David says here in just a minute. Remember, here's what Goliath said. He stood at, and shouted across to the Israelites, why are you coming to fight? I'm the Philistine champion. And then he says this, but you are only servants of Saul. Mm-hmm. Choose one man to come and fight me. <laughs> and so uh, that is a super important verse that we shouldn't look or overlook because it says something about what the Philistines thought about about uh, the Israelites. Israel in general, that yeah. they're just nobody, right? You know, one of the things that happened in the ancient world is that when wars fought, one of the things that were highlighted is not necessarily whether the one army was stronger than the other, but whose god was kind of yes stronger, right, than others. And so, on some level, what Goliath is saying here is, "You have no god." Yep. That can beat us. Saul is it, and Saul's he's it, nothing. And he's he's hiding. Yeah. Like you're nothing, <laughs> right? Oof. And so here comes David, and uh, uh, then this is what David says in 1 Samuel 17, 26. Remember this young teenage boy who's just rolled on the scene. He's all like, what's going on? And he says this, what will a man get for killing this Philistine? 
uh, and ending this defiance of Israel. Who is this pagan Philistine anyway? In some other translations, it says, who is this uncircumcised Philistine anyway, that he is allowed to defy the armies of the living God? Ooh. Whoa. Wow. David's pulling out the, who do you think you are? Uh because we're servants of God. Yes. So David has a, just a completely different perspective right yeah. from the beginning. And one that I think that Saul and the Israelites should have to identify themselves not as servants of Saul, but as, uh, you know, the, the people of the living God. Yes. The first thing that I think we should notice here is that David said, who is this pagan Philistine or this uncircumcised Philistine? Yeah. Who is this person who's not part of the covenant? Right. I mean, it's like, right. whoa. Just put him in his place right na- right away right. and recognize who he is or more importantly, who he's not. Yes. Yeah. Right. Uh, and, then, and then he said that he's allowed to defy not Saul, but the armies of the living God. Yeah. What a powerful statement. Yes. And one that we should have in our context and in our day today. Absolutely. There's yeah. there's an identity piece for us that might give us confidence in whatever it is that we face in the world. Yeah. You know, I, we laugh about uh, David being young and maybe a little rash here, uh, or at least that's what it might sound like to us. But I am just reminded here of how easily as we as we uh, grow or maybe just as we age and get older and farther along in our our lives, how easy it is to uh, become a little bit cynical Mm -hmm. and think that that's wisdom, think that that's experience. And I remember when my daughter was five or six years old and we were traveling out of of town and uh, about to turn around and come home and she had lost her lammy, which was her lovey who has been with her since the day she was born and we could not leave uh portland without lammy and so we're looking we're tearing this house apart where we were staying and everyone's looking all the relatives and uh knew i was like well if we don't find lammy we're just going to live in portland because we can't leave without him yeah. right uh and as we're tearing this house apart i turned around and my daughter was standing in the middle of the hallway like five years old uh head bowed praying and someone said, what is, what is she doing? And, and my sister says she's praying that God would help her to find Lammy. Yeah. And we were like, oh, <laughs> wow. And then somebody comes around the corner and is like, I found Lammy, right? Wow. So like oh in that goodness. mode, it was beautiful. And it has stayed with me as this, um, um, such a reminder of that um, simple uh, faith. Yeah. Uh, of of a child like who yeah. had no doubt that God was on her side mm-hmm. and cared and would uh, would fight for her. Yes, um, that's what I see in David here. We might see it as young as naivety, but naivete, but it's not. It is right. an, uh, an an utter simple faith. Yes. in God. Yeah, simple but powerful faith yes. in God, and I think that's what we're highlighting here is what is our perspective in the world. Yeah, um, when we come up against. Whatever it is, challenges, uh, difficulties, suffering, uh, do we do we have a sense? I mean, do we have an eye on God to say, you know what? Even though we're going through something difficult, God, God is with us. Right. God is with yeah. me, and I identify myself as a person of faith, as as someone uh, of the Spirit of God. Right. 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 Uh, and I love, I mean, David goes on, it's, it's incredible what he says. Uh, they're, they're like, he says, I've been taking care of my father, my father's sheeps and goats. Uh, 
And he, you know, he said, uh, when a lion or bear attacks uh, um, me, I go after it with a club and rescue the lamb. Uh, And then he says, if the animal turns on me, I catch it by the jaw and I club it to death. He said, I've done this with lions, uh, both lions and bears, and I will do it to this pagan Philistine. (laughs) It's incredible. He says, this is 1 Samuel 17, 34 through 37. Then he says, for he has defiled the armies or defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the claws of the lion and bear will rescue me from this Philistine. And powerful. it's powerful from this from this teenage kid, and I think that's a perspective that I want us to start this this series with yeah. is the idea because that's the one of the main themes of the story of Scripture is that the God uh, who maybe we don't know or don't always sense is there is there in a powerful there. way, and He will rescue us. Yes, He's continually working on that process for all of us, yeah. <laughs> yeah. inviting us to that, and so then we know kind of what happens as the story goes on with. David and Goliath, um, David says to Goliath, you come at me with the sword and spear, but I come at you in the name of the Lord of the heavens armies. And then David ends up killing and defeating Goliath yes. in a really dramatic fashion. Oh my goodness. Yes. Yeah. So uh, I, I hope we could talk about this forever and just kind of, it's yeah. fun just to tell the story, but what is your perspective for these, for these, this next week and going into these weeks to come? about your dependence on God, your faith on God, how you identify yourself, yeah. your perspective in difficult situations. Let's let let's let this example of the the faith of this teenage boy in this story be an exa- uh, uh, a good example for us to follow uh, in terms of his perspective on on faith. Okay, bye. <laughs>